we, we, we have to go through this again. Cut, cut. All right, retake, retake. Dennis, I have a question for you. Wow. Wait a Really, I'm so excited. Oh, be still my little heart. Okay. Which character on Fibber McGee and Molly eventually got his own show? Gildersleeve? Gildersleeve, yes. Actually, there were there were two of them, but Gildersleeve is the one that we remember best. Eula? Say that again? Eula? Eula was the second one, yes. Boy, you're good. Oh, I like Fibber. All right, so you're on top of Fibber. So when you call again and I have a question for you, I have to go to another diff a different kind of question, right? Is that what you're telling me? You mean... Yes, I do. <laughs> how come I have to answer so many questions? Say what? How come I have to answer so many questions? Well, you, no, you don't have to answer so many questions. It, you just had to answer that one. But the next time, I mean, as long as you tell me that you're, you're really up on Fibber McGee, I'll give you a question from a different show. Just kind of toss a challenge in there, you know? Okay. Oh, you just, just want a little one. Gee whiz, just a little one. What can I add to your collection? Oh. <laughs> hmm. That's really hard. No, it isn't. Well, tell me, do you like comedy, detectives, uh, crime, horror, science fiction, westerns? Well, you're already sending me two science fiction shows. That's right. And there were, I actually have them in an envelope. I hope I didn't seal it. Some of them I didn't seal yet. Hmm. Hmm. You've got the X's in there, right? X minus one and, and Dimension X? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do you know who I really like? The Whistler. Do you know what I really have? What? Is the Whistler. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> yep, I do. I have the Whistler. I'd be happy to send some. And you know, the shows are great, but the opening is just so awesome. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what sets my teeth to hurting. I and I can't even tell you what it is. I don't know if it's the harshness and the sharpness of the whistle, or that it's such a haunting sound, or I I don't know. I don't know. It 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 makes me cringe when I hear it. I love what he says. Yeah. I know many things because I walk by night. I walk by night. Well, then who who was the person who said those words? That is a great question, and it the it, it, it most people will never know. It was Bill Foreman, who was the announcer on Phil Harris Alice Faye. Um, yes, he that was the announcer in a couple of other places. Correct, but he was the he was the whistler, but he was over a had kids and got drafted, and went into the military. He was four F over age and got drafted. So for uh, one oh. for one year, Marvin Miller had to do both the whistle and the announcing. And what he did, he did it on two separate microphones. So he would do the announcing on one mic, then run over onto the other mic and do the whistle part. Isn't that amazing? Yes. It, 
it's amazing during wartime how many accommodations so many of the shows made, and they survived. They just sailed right through. Not They didn't sail through the war, but they sailed through those kinds of bumps and never lost their audience or their appeal. It's remarkable. Well, The Whistler was also played on the Armed Forces Radio Network, right? Correct. I think I remember them saying that on one of the shows mm-hmm. I listened to. Well, whatever I have, you shall have. What they did, actually, they would take out the commercial and re-edit them for the Armed Force. It was strictly a West Coast program. It was only heard on the West Coast, and then they occasionally uh, stationed a, t- a totally different sponsor and a totally different cast in Chicago uh, for an insurance company would do their version of the Whistler. Oh. But the version that we hear is strictly for the West Coast. Oh. Just an interesting quirk of old-time radio. So it's never heard coast-to-coast naturally. So, what about... And yet it, has, it is so popular. Right. Right. Uh, the Armed, Form, Armed Forces Radio. I mean, was that stuff censored? I mean, you, I think you said they took the commercials out. Uh-huh. Um, they had, well, for example, during the Second World War... They were censored. They could not use baseball terminologies because baseball was generally the keywords and passwords for the military for signing and countersign. So they were restricted for using any baseball terminology. How interesting. Yeah. Um, during all the radio shows, they would take 35 or so commercial shows a week and they would cut the commercials out at real time. In other words, they would... Tr- Put on the disc, and then they would. The engineers would figure a way how to skip over the commercial or put a music in and cut them out, and get the shows ready as a package. Um, they would send out 20 to 25 discs plus local programming that they would create and disc and records and send them to the Mosquito Networks, which was all these small stations up and down the uh, in the Pacific. Also in, also in Europe, and all these local stations run by the military, the, the troop built them itself, and was run by the local GIs, would host their own shows live, play the old radio shows, and so when they got done with the disc, they ship them to the next station. So we have many, many, many copies of these shows because uh, on forces in Hollywood had to produce so many copies to ship them all over the, all over the world. And that's why we had a lot of the Jack Benny, the Whistlers, all of them being on forces copies. And then they would produce their own shows like Command Performance and GI Journal and things like that. And that's how on forces radio got started. It got started before the war in 1941. And it pretty much was very active, um, producing their own radio show, like Command Performance, up to about 49. And they still kept playing the old radio shows, even into the 70s. I have a lot of the uh, great ghostly shows from the 70s as air checks from Japan. Uh, People collected the great ghostly shows and other radio shows by recording them through the Armed Forces Radio Services. And so the, those are floating around in the hobby. So, 
Huh. Just a little scoop. So, so these guys who did, like, the Mosquito Network and uh -huh. uh, whatever the, the network. The one in, in Europe, right. In Europe. Um, the guys did this put these stations together in their spare time? Basically, they were... Uh, Volunteers? What, they, no, they were assigned a job. Um, for example, they would draft Hans Connery, for crying out loud, the guy who wore red sock and green socks, because he wanted to make sure the radio directors knew who he was. Uh, he wound up running the radio station in Tokyo. Andre Baruch, the announcer for Your Hip Parade, wound up running the station in Egypt. Uh, high Averback, Bob Hope announcers, were being all the, so they would take well-known radio personalities, draft them into the military, and eventually they would assign them to special services. And when they sent them off, they would sort of help run the local small radio station. Once they got done with the combat, these ra these local radio stations were, I don't know, maybe 10 miles behind the enemy line. And they would be low power, basically being to the guys. Um, and also, and this I'm trying to imagine it for the guy in the field. They had radios, small enough. Uh huh. Or, else they, or the entertainment center. And for example, let me play something for you. Um, this is where you had the you had it, radio got to be so important it became a way that both sides would use radio to try to influence the opposite soldiers. For example, Glenn Miller had his own radio show when he was stationed in BBC in England. But he would do special broadcasts for the Germans, like this one. Deutsche Soldaten, hier spricht Ilse. Für die nächste halbe Stunde habe ich für euch etwas ganz Besonderes arrangiert. Ein Rendezvous mit dem Kapellmeister eines der bekanntesten Orchester. Heute ist er der Dirigent des amerikanischen Orchesters der alliierten Expeditionsstreitkräfte, Major Glenn Miller. Major Miller begrüßt Sie zunächst mit seiner Sendezeichenmusik. Beginnt und endet Glenn Miller stets seine musikalischen Darbietungen. Es ist seine eigene Komposition, die er Mondschein-Serenade nennt. Ehe ich Major Miller selbst ans Mikrofon bitte, möchte ich Sie näher mit seiner Persönlichkeit bekannt machen. Glenn Miller ist ein zauberer, beschwingter Tanzmusik. Ein Musiker, der im Ballsaal, auf Schallplatten und im Rundfunk schon seit vielen Jahren ganz Amerika begeistert hat. Denn der Rhythmus seiner Musik geht in die Beine, aber er geht auch ins Herz. Als der Krieg ausbrach, hat Glenn Miller all seine Erfolge im Stich gelassen und sich zum Militär gemeldet, um die alliierten Truppen mit seiner Kunst zu erfreuen. Soldaten, here is Major Glenn Miller, personally. Thank you, Wilson. You speak German very well. 
And we'll turn Glenmore down. So we would beam show just for the German troops to hear. We have Glenmore do his show best he could in German. And the Germans and the Japanese would have their versions beam to our soldiers. So you had counter programming in the field and then we would create our own show just to try to keep the troops morale going strong. Why would, this doesn't make any sense, mm -hmm. that Glenn Miller was playing special programs for the German soldiers. Because the Germans loved Glenn Miller's music. Well, but, but that's immaterial. I mean, that would be like um, Hitler sending German music over to mm -hmm. our troops uh, to entertain them from the German side. Why well, did they do that? Well, basically, we were trying to counteract the propaganda. For example, you know, Tokyo Rose was known right. uh, for having a wonderful disc jockey show that Americans love. Right. And she would plant seed of fear, saying she, she would actually knew and name what ship, what what soldiers uh, they had to watch out or they're going to get sunk or what about their girlfriend back home. And we created sort of the same concepts. In Germany, All we, right, so we it, didn't. It was part of a propaganda program, as opposed to straight entertainment for the troops. Correct, and but, but, okay. but we didn't we didn't do that per se. We wouldn't target in German, but it was our way to try to counter counteract that. I think maybe at a more subtle level, it was like you said to counteract the propaganda, mm -hmm. but the big bands were always very glamorous and you could see them on the newsreels and so on and uh, I think it, it showed the Germans that hey we're still living the good life here mm -hmm. you guys are in the trenches mm -hmm. yeah and the same thing that's a good point the same thing that you're describing appeared in our World War II era movies Correct. People were at nightclubs. They were at, where did Guy Lombardo usually play? Uh, the ho uh, Roosevelt Hotel in New York. Uh, it wasn't the Waldorf? I thought it was the Roosevelt. Roosevelt? It, either the Roosevelt or the Waldorf. Why no. the two? Why um, the two? It doesn't make any difference. The, the point that I was trying to make was that the movies, uh, even, even movies like Mr. and Mrs. North. Yes. And The Thin Man, especially The Thin Man, they had nights out they were all dressed up they had the bands in the background they had the stage singers uh so i understand what you're saying dennis and i hadn't ever considered that before one other little story and i have no evidence or truth i just heard it and it amazed me that um they actually broadcast in the clear when um the rangers were landing the you know the army special forces mm -hmm. and in the translation i guess a little was lost oh dear and when the german troops heard it they thought the texas rangers were coming ah. oh. Oh. and and it caused apparently at least a little bit of um fear fear yes that's the right word a simple word um and and the troops started going oh my god the texas rangers are coming we're lost <laughs> because they'd seen you know 
Uh-huh. Conway and whatever. Texas Rangers always get their man. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I heard that on uh, I, an OTR interview once, sure. and I just thought that was hilarious. Here, what a great story. I have another good story. Henri Bruce was the famous radio announcer for your hip parade for almost the entire 25 years. And he did a lot of famous soap operas and a lot of shows. And his wife is B. Wayne, the famous singer who's still with us. She's 94. Started with uh, uh, your hip parade the time when Frank Sinatra was on it. And he had a lot of great songs in the 30s. Well, they got married in 1938. And in 42, 43, he was shipped off and went to Egypt. And he had to run, part of his responsibility was to run the local radio station in Egypt. And he was running short of records. And he heard that this officer had a collection of B-Wing records. So he thought, why not, why don't I go over to the officer and see if I can borrow my wife's records. And so when he walked in to the into the tent, <clears throat> he saw photos of his wife up and down the walls. Uh-oh. He saw the <laughs> officer pointing the records, and um, as he said, uh, 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 Captain, yes, I understand you have a collection of B. Wayne records, yes, and I am not going to lend them to you. So as he said, if I would have said she is my wife, I probably would have been shot dead on the spot. So I, she, I left. I left without any, any pick up any records of my wife. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, but it's a cute story. Oh, I think about the records I have, and I can't imagine keeping them from warping and falling apart. I know. In Egypt. How did they do that? I don't know. But you think, and all those are slack. And during the war, they were not made of the best material. So they were, they were uh, flake. Mm-hmm. It, it, fragile. Yeah, it was fragile. Yeah. It was fragile stuff. Well, somebody did a good job. Absolutely. Well, you done good, Dennis. And I will get the whistler out to you, and you promise not to play it for me, okay? fair? Yeah, I know you don't like it. <laughs> it makes my teeth hurt. Makes my hair hurt, too. Okay. After, but, you know, I guess if I skipped the openings and just went directly to the story, it would be a wise thing to do, wouldn't it? Because the stories, they really were very well written and always had a wonderful twist. Ah, good stuff. Yep. I'm, well, I love the twist at the end. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One of the greatest ones I heard was a guy who killed his wife so he could be with his girlfriend. And the, the guy and his wife had a cottage. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm screwing up the story here, but not by much. <laughs> and they had to hide the body, so they decided to bring the, the girlfriend and the husband decided to bring the body to the cottage because it would be empty for a very long time, and then he could just pretend, oh, gosh, look at when my wife was here. And she died. She fell down the, the basement stairs. What, and they showed up, and it's dead of night, and they're walking in with the body. And all of their friends and neighbors were inside the house waiting to yell surprise because it was their anniversary. <laughs> they, the girlfriend and the husband were there with the wife's body. That was pretty cool. Yep. 
you know, you just get so excited about it. Okay, I'll take just one more minute of your time. And I'll tell you I'll tell you my favorite. Okay. Um a man and his wife hated each other. And they both planned to kill each other. And uh of course they didn't tell each other. But they um <laughs> they they went out to this okay. island too where they had a house. Uh-huh. And um the guy uh, cut himself, and uh, he cut himself in, in the artery in his leg, so he was bleeding to death. And she goes, that's fine. And she goes out and leaves him there to bleed to death. And he had planted a bomb outside, and she went out to gather wood for the fire because it was cold. And she thought, well, I'll go out and gather wood and he'll be dead when I come back. And she went out and blew herself up. <laughs> so they both killed each other at the same time. Same time. Do you know of, I, I'm talking about not listening to The Whistler because it's not my favorite show. I actually heard that show and it was good. It was really good. Uh-huh. Okay. You can get two points for that, and you also get a whole bunch of Whistler shows. Because you did good. <laughs> All right. Hey. Thank you, and happy birthday again, Walden. Thank you, and Dennis. I, I appreciate that. Good night, Dennis. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071 is our hotline number. Give us a call. Hotline. Is it a red phone? It's a red phone. You have a red phone, yeah? Well, almost. Hey, I know somebody who used it. Well, I guess I can't play that one. Hello there, you are on there. Hello. Hello there. It's Ralph. Ralph, how are you? Good. How are our babies? Do we have babies yet? <laughs> no. We're not going to have them, are we? No, I, I think... Uh, we rethought the situation. So there is no Patricia chicken? No, there's no... Uh, only i got to turn my radio off. I'm sitting here listening to myself. Are you there? There's no Walden rooster? No. Oh, geez. Well... Happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thank you. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. So did you do anything yesterday? I know you last Saturday you celebrated. Did you do anything yesterday? No, you, you won't believe what we did yesterday. Probably uh -oh. not. <laughs> I, I worked on a little gas engine that I'm trying to fix. Uh -huh. Tony pulled weeds in the yard. And I told her last night, we were sitting in the living room, I said, what a, what a lousy anniversary. <laughs> we didn't do anything. <laughs> no fun stuff, anyhow. Well, you survived. And oh, yeah, we made it through, number 55. That's the celebration in and of itself. Yes, yes, very happy with that. I mean, no Patricia Chicken. I'm really disappointed here. No Walden oh. Rooster? No Walden Rooster either? No Walden Rooster. Oh, boy. Well, it was going to happen. I got the chicken coop already, and I got the brooder. Yeah. Uh, to keep them warm, and it, it just, uh, I don't know, we lost all our headway, and we decided against it, so. Oh, boy. Oh, Walden Rooster. No 
Patricia. Oh, Ralph, I'm heartbroken. There's no chicken named so, after. So, so uh, are you gonna, what are you going to do with the, uh, with, with the coop? The what? What are you going to do with the coop? Well, the coop has been here for many, many years. It was just not used. And I was just going to, you know, use it for chickens. Uh, up till this point, I've been using it for storage, and I think it's going to fall back into that category. <laughs> okay. uh, didn't you tell me or tell us last week that your neighbor has chickens? Yes. So we're going to sort of borrow a few? Yeah, well, it's sort of a cooperative plan. I help him out with the food, and he helps me out with eggs. So it's kind of a, almost having chickens. It, it sounds like a winner to me, but you don't get to name the chickens then. Well, I don't think they have any names. I guess I could. Okay. You realize, Ralph, how honest you are. You could have just told us this wonderful tale about how many baby chicks you have and, and you named them for us, but you didn't. You told the truth. Uh, I was going to get them, and it just, like I said, just didn't happen. I think you ought to name the chickens you have. <laughs> I have a couple of <clears throat> chicken statues <laughs> that that had belonged to my mother. She loved chickens. <laughs> would Would you consider being a, uh, having a statue named that? <laughs> what is a chicken statue? What is a chicken? What is a chicken statue? It's a, it's a ceramic chicken. How big? Have a, oh, they, they stand about six or seven inches high. Okay. Yeah, and they're... Uh, well, I don't want to get named after a ceramic chicken. Oh, okay. Well, I want, want that's all I can do for you this week. Well, I want something with feathers. You know, I mean, some of us are very fussy. Well, you know, we we, uh, we have quite a collection of birds in our yard due to the fact we have feeders out all the time. How would you like to be a woodpecker or a blue jay <laughs> or a hummingbird? <laughs> I can help you out with that right away. Do you have any cuckoos? I have a cuckoo clock. Oh, cuckoo birds. Okay, let me let me think. You've got hummingbirds and blue jays and woodpeckers? Yes, and uh, what else? Uh, I really uh, wanted to be. Yeah, nut hatches. Nut hatches. Nut hatch, yeah. Well, that that sounds appropriate, doesn't it? We call them we call them worldly birds because they they never stand still. They run around trees, run up and down the trunk of trees. They're very, very, very active little bird. What do you think, Walden? I, I I think it sounds appropriate, doesn't it, to you? A nut hatch? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, we also have chickadees. Say what? Excuse me? The chickadees. Chickadees. Oh, the chickadees. Yeah, so there's another little bird. Well, I'm just really disappointed that there are no baby chicks. Well? Hey, I'll take a nut hatch. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll get some eggs and sit on them for a while and see what happens. <laughs> No, and you don't have to do it for a while before it happens. I know it's going to happen. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, what were you talking about earlier, the, the, the size of babies? Yeah, how big were you when you were born? 
I was I was very uh, average size, I think eight pounds and seven ounces. That's a pretty big baby. That's not. What well, I was going to ask you to I do. I have a story for you. Oh. It's a true story. Mm -hmm. Okay. Guess how much Tony weighed when she was uh, when she was born. Oh, how much? Yeah, you'll never guess. I would say little. Um, two pounds. No. You're very cold. Uh -oh. oh, very cold. <laughs> we're we're up to twelve pounds here. How much did she weigh? Thirteen pounds, fourteen ounces. Oh my goodness! Was her she mom was the diabetic? Biggest baby ever born in that hospital up to that time. Wow. Her mother went out of production after that. Mom diabetic? No, she just stopped having babies. It was our last one. I guess it was. I think it was a little too much. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, Tony, uh, she's not a big person. She she just was a big baby. My goodness. I was going to ask you, Patricia, to Google what might have been the world's biggest baby. Oh, I don't know. It, uh, it's huge. It, oh, like 27 pounds. Really? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I don't know that it's 27 pounds. But, but I, when, I would not be surprised. Ago, they, it, it was just enormous. Yeah. But, you know, diabetic mothers have very large babies. That's why I asked. Yeah. Her no, her mother was a diabetic. Mm, mm, mm. That is a lot of baby. Yeah, it's a, and she's a lot of woman, too. That was a lot of work. But she's not big. Be <laughs> with. Oh, my. Uh, that, was, that was a lot of baby. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine. Well, even though you didn't name a chick after me, mm -hmm. I have a question for you anyway. All right. I'm, I was excited to have a question. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to ask you... We'll ask, oh, a Blondie question. I should have given this one to Jim, but it's a comic strip question. Can I ask you a Blondie comic strip question? Yeah, sure. Okay. When the comic strip Blondie first appeared on September 8th, 1930, who was Blondie married to? Hmm. Gee, that's even before my time. I have a... Was she married a second time with Dagwood? Who was she married to? I, I don't I don't know. If it wasn't if it wasn't Dagwood, I don't know. Walden, do you know? I would say Dagwood. She was married to no one. She was chasing Dagwood. She was a single gal on the loose. Uh, that's not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Patricia, shame on you. <laughs> what a mean spirited question. Yeah. <laughs> And here I am innocently trying to say who she married to. All right, now see, if I <laughs> had named a baby chick ever, it wouldn't have been in this mess. Got it? I'm sorry, say again, please. If I had named a baby chick after me, you wouldn't be in this mess. Oh, my God. I'd rather go get a chicken. I'll settle for a nut hatch, but I really wanted a chick. <laughs> Okay, well, it, it was interesting. I discovered this when I was doing some comic strip investigations a while back. When the strip first started, Blondie was a single woman, and she was chasing... Ah. Yeah, isn't that cool? She was chasing yeah. after Dagwood, which is unusual. Dagwood should, in 1930, I mean, to have a woman chasing a man in 1930, I thought was kind of unusual. What do you think? 
I, I would say so, yeah. It, uh, I'm not saying it wasn't done, but it certainly wasn't talked about in that way, you know. It, yeah, and and to have it in a comic strip, I thought was unusual. But they didn't get married until February 17, 1933, which was two and a half years after the strip started. Wow. Isn't that cool? So, My father always said that a man chases a woman until she catches him. Until she catches him, right. Yeah. What, what did you say? Do you agree? Nah, I don't think so. Uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, why we've been married so long and why we've been so happy. And I, huh? I, I, I attribute it to sheer luck. We just... We just hit the right person, and that was it. Well, you hit the right person, but that doesn't mean it's luck. You had to work at this and, you know, be be good to each other, love each other, be considerate, good listeners, give and take. It didn't just happen. You no, no, we did work at it, but, you know, it hasn't been a chore. It just... I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's great. You're our star performer. You understand that, right? Because Walden and I talk about it and we say, oh, you know, it's so nice that we heard from this person or it's so nice that somebody from our family called. And it's so much fun to talk to Tony and Ralph because they sound so happy together. Seriously, we do. Uh, yeah, we really do. Walden, tell, tell him I'm telling the truth. Yeah, true. We were talking about that last night. Uh-huh. We, we, we were having our, we were having our, uh, our rehearsal last night. And Patricia looked, looked up and said, yep, you know, today is Tony and Ralph anniversary. So we were just, we were just talking about you guys. Well, you, you got it right. Yep. <laughs> so Patricia had it on her calendar. Had it on the calendar, mm -hmm. and we decided that you are among the happiest couples we know. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, you, want, you want to try another question? Yeah, give me a better one. All right. <laughs> Do you want a comic strip or a radio question? Oh, I'll, I'll try another comic strip. All right, let's see. <laughs> Dennis the Menace. Do you remember Dennis the Menace? Yes. Who was his next-door neighbor that he bothered all the time? Oh, God, Mr. Uh... We're halfway there. Yeah. I could see the guy in the comic strip, but I, uh, Wilson? No. Yes. 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 You yes. pulled it yes. out of your yes. hat. All right. Very good. You did. And I was, on, that was on, a better question. Uh, and on TV, that was played by Joseph Kearns, who most radio fans would remember him as being Ed, the, the, the keeper of Jack Benny's vault. Really? Yeah. So that was, that was the actor who played Joseph Kearns, who played Mr. Wilson on TV. Well, how about that? Oh, yeah. We have a crossover. Was that a better question? Yeah, I pulled that one out of the hat. Good but... question. Well, you did just fine. And I'm confident I have... Oh, no, I sent you a, um, a CD already. Did you get your disc yet? No, no. I, I usually let you know on the Internet if I got something. So it'll probably be here in a day or so. Probably on Monday, because I mailed it earlier this week. Yours was the only one that went out so far. But um, I think I, get, I did good. Yeah, that's the one that's uh, yep. got a lot of sample stuff on it, you said. You betcha. All right. A lot of sample stuff. A lot of sample stuff. 
I have to, I have to work my way through it. You have to work your way through it and then tell me which shows you would like because I owe you at least four. So you have to go shopping for me. My goodness. Okay. That's a lot. I know. <laughs> oh, but you know your ears are going, your ears are going to be so busy that you may need to enlist Tony's help in choosing. Oh boy, I tell you. Work. Well, she's very interested in it. She she doesn't get on the phone that much, but she is very interested. Uh, she loves Super McGee. Do you have any Fibber shows? Oh, I sent you some. Oh, yeah, you sent me a bunch of... Oh, I, I have something interesting to tell you. I'm listening. A neighbor of ours who grew up in the Los Angeles area uh -huh. lived next door to Jim and Marion Jordan. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he was telling me about it one day. Did did he have uh, um, any information? With, were they neighbor neighbors, or did they kind of stay to themselves? Well, he just, you know, he was only a kid at the time. He said they were very, very fine people. And uh, I'm sure they were friendly towards him. How neat. Now, uh, Jim and Marion had two children. They had a boy and a girl. Were the kids <laughs> young enough that they played together? No, that I didn't. I don't know. I just saw the guy. We were sitting one night, uh, of all things, we were having a beer. And uh, he told me that uh, I mentioned them, and he says, oh, they were our next-door neighbors. How fun is that? Yeah. Right. You, I you, wish they were mine. You, you, I would have loved to know them. <laughs> excuse me? I, I stepped on you. No, I said, I wish they were my neighbors. I would have loved to know them. Oh, me too, except the P.S. to that is I wonder if we would have appreciated them as much then as we do now. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I, I know, it, it, you know, when, when they were really popular on the radio, uh -huh. we never missed them. We used to catch them every time. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sure I would have been thrilled just to know them. Oh, I bet you would have. Would have been good stuff. Well, okay, you've got your homework starting Monday. You do your homework, okay? All right, and uh, no more trick questions. You'd be a good girl. <laughs> that wasn't a trick question. Well, then wasn't that a good question? It, it was something we, Ralph and I did not know, so it was a good question. Was a good uh, it's just a, a bad answer. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question. It was an unusual one. I'll admit that. It was unusual. Was that yeah, well, that's all right. I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to take up too much time. Well, I'm glad I gotta, I gotta go in the other room and let the dog out and stuff like that. So uh, I'll talk to you next week. And stuff like that there. Yeah. Okay, oh, Ralph. Right. Thanks for calling. I'm glad you had a nice anniversary, even if it was pulling weeds in the yard. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. All right, All right folks. Good night. Good night, Ralph. Bye, Tony. Very romantic. Very romantic. Yeah, that, very romantic. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. And we're up and about. And we have more stuff for the Gemini birthday boy. This is Walden's birthday. Please call and say happy birthday to Walden. 
and I got Patricia's birthday card over here. We can play that when it, sometime. Oh, it's almost time. <laughs> We're almost time. We've well, got some special stuff that's around June 5th and June 6th. An hour and 25 minutes to go. Hello there, you're on the air. Hello, this is your roving reporter, Chad Blue. <laughs> from the spacious and luminescent skies of the center of the country in the beautiful state of Nebraska, whose well-chosen motto is The Good Life. (laughs) I am broadcasting live from atop one of the modern marvels of our age and one of the greatest inventions of all time, Uh a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Chad from Nebraska. How are you? I am fine. And you? I am fine. Thank you. This is so neat that you are giving us a call. That was a wonderful report. <laughs> Weather, Mr. Baloo? Chad Baloo? Yes. <clears throat> How long did Mr. Chad work on this, on this, on this routine? This is, this is quite amazing. Well, um, I have been sitting up here for about 40 or 45 minutes waiting for the busy signal to... Uh, <laughs> um, and I've noticed that the crickets in the background have started to kind of sound like a busy signal. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that gave me plenty of time to think yeah, about that, what you. to say. Oh, very nice. Fooled you. They fooled you. So have you run into Jimmy the Cricket out there? Who's out there in, in, in the black land? Um, well, there's quite a few crickets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a few squirrels mm-hmm. and lots and lots of bugs and ants on this tree. I did not pick a very good tree. Have you been able to, have you set up a one-on-one interview later for with any of the creatures for us? Uh, yes, I have convinced the tree to come on live. He's a little shy, but um, I managed to convince him. And so I, I can interview him a little is, later. Is, is, is he going to be really sappy? Oh, very. Uh, I, he, yeah, he, yes, oh. he might be. He might be very sappy, as a matter of fact. Oh, Gosh, he's going to drop his leaves. This is good. How is Kitty? Uh, fine. Chad's Kitty had kittens the other day and was having them while we were in the chat room. So she's doing okay and the kittens are okay? Well, um, one of the kittens died, but oh. fine. And the cat is doing just fine also. So how many kittens were who are still with us? Uh, well, she had three, okay. and one of them died, so she has two. And there's a few other cats who had some kittens, so we have about uh, 17 kittens. Uh, if anyone's interested, Paul <laughs> Walden and Hillary. <laughs> how uh, how do you feed 17 kittens? Well, that's mom's job. I let the mothers take care oh, of. Oh, that's that's getting that's getting out of it really easy. Yeah. So now when yeah. they when they grow up, you know, they uh, get to you know, six or eight weeks and they're weaned, how do you feed them? Uh, well, you... Um, Very carefully? Uh, look, you look out the door, you <laughs> see if there's any cats, you uh, carefully open the door, you run out, throw the food on the ground and hightail it back to the door before they uh, stampede, <laughs> basically. That's a lot of kitties to feed. So, what, is there anything else on the farm besides 17 kitties? Well, there's no mice, that's for sure. <laughs> um, there is one dog who okay. was barking at me after he found out I was in the tree. I see. Uh, there's one horse who probably does not care at all. <laughs> um, 
that's basically all right now. Ted, are you really in a tree? Yes. Can you hear the crickets in the background? No. Any bugs? Well, then, it, well, then is this going over my head or? or no, I think he really is. I think he, that's, he's on his cell phone. We can tell he's on his cell phone, so I I wouldn't be oh, surprised. That's right, you've got to be up high because the tower to connect with the tower. Yeah, you um, really are in I a did, tree, aren't you? I did say I would try to call from some interesting locations. <laughs> I think I have found one. Oh my God! And what's oh, basic, Patricia? He he must love us. He's doing a twelve thirty at night over there. That's right. You oh, know that reminds me. Happy birthday! Thank you, Chad. I appreciate that. Anybody would call me from a tree the first. <laughs> oh, and the tree also says happy birthday. <laughs> by the way. We have hit a pinnacle here. <laughs> this is the apex of our career. We are getting a call from a tree. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Patricia's goal, main goal in life is always to move into a treehouse. So you've already done it, Chad. Well, he's not oh. a treehouse. Well, I mean, he, he might build a treehouse. Custom built one. All right, well, well actually, as a small boy, yeah, um, I built a tree. Well, my me and him. Excuse me. I and my brothers would build a few tree houses, and I think we built like seven or so. But hardly any of them are around anymore. So uh, you could do it if you'd like, Patricia. Well, listen, if you build seven of them and they all fell down, I don't think I'm <laughs> with my architect. Not for a good recommendation. I don't dismantled them. They what? You dismantled them. Dismantled them. Oh, you even had a two, we even had a two-story treehouse at one time. Oh, you were in the big time. Two-story treehouse. Yeah, sort of. So did it have bunk beds? How I many? What do you do with a two-story treehouse? Uh, not much. It's mostly the building, which is the funnest. And after that. Uh, no, not so much. Maybe oh. take a blanket up there and take a book and read or do something like that or pick leaves. I can't believe you're calling. So what, people tree. driving up the driveway. Can you describe our tree? The one that we're talking. What, what kind of tree are we are we uh, communing with tonight? <laughs> um, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> it's an old gnarled tree, and I'm actually I'm sitting on the bottom branch. I'm not actually high atop it, and I'm. I'm trying. I'm ducking underneath the branch, which is above me, and, which is the big main branch, and it goes out over the pond mm -hmm. and it provides shade, which I don't need because I don't think the moon rays are going to harm me. I see. No, they. I. You know, will you do me a favor, though, Chad? Will you um, promise? If I can. Will you promise not to do a thing that a friend of mine did when he was ten years old? Fall out of the tree? No, he did something better. He was, Broken. he was sawing a tree branch. Tell me. And he was just he just so happened to be on the wrong side of the branch when it when he sawed it off. Hang around. Well, I haven't done that and I don't plan to, so I'll try to I'll try to keep that promise. Yeah, please do. I don't really want to lose you that way. He, he broke his arm, by the way, but he, and I and he Facebooked me. I, I saw he okay. He invited me to his barbecue party on the fourth of July today on Facebook. So at least I know he's still around. Well, this is current. Oh, I'm sh I'm sure the tree didn't have all its limbs properly uh, taken care of either. 
He's lucky he only broke his arm. I know. Oh, my gosh. No, Chad is much smarter than that. Yeah, true. down the tree, not, not <laughs> Okay, Chad, are you in the market yes. for a question? For a what? A question. Okay, uh, do you have any uh, old stale questions laying around that haven't been answered yet? Yes, ah. I do. Hard ones? No. Numbers? They're not hard okay. ones unless you don't know the answer. Well, then uh, give me an easy one for me. All right. Um, in character land, who was Uncle Dennis? Uh, that was a character that they spoke of on, was it Fibber McGee and Molly? All right. Huh? All right. Do you, do you remember? Yes, that's, that's the correct answer. Do you remember his relationship with whom? Well, I would say he's probably an uncle of somebody. Uh-huh. Probably Molly. Yeah. Good job. Very good. Good job. You've done good. Okay. All right. Well, I've got an envelope here with a whole bunch of stuff in it for you. And I think I can probably add some more stuff. What would you like? Um, well, I just thought of something while I was sitting up here for 45 minutes. I <laughs> Maybe uh, shows having to do with trees, but I thought that might take a little too much to look No, I've been thinking about that. I was just thinking while you were asking if we, if we, if you could, if I could come up with anything with a tree story. Well, I happen to have, last year, well, at Christmas time this past year, Tom from Kansas asked for Christmas stories with Christmas trees. So I've got Christmas trees. I've got a whole collection of Christmas tree stories. Okay, that, that sounds good. You want Christmas tree stories? Yeah. Sure, why not? With Christmas tree shows. You know, the, the radio shows with Christmas trees in them. Yes? Anything having to do with trees, I guess. Okay. Christmas tree shows. Okay. I would think there'd be and, a Robin Amner. I would think there'd got to be a Robin Amner story around, storyline based around a tree somewhere. On a Lumen uh, Abner. Now, I, I may have put one in there, but they didn't take a tree out to the couple. No, no, but I was just thinking just a normal storyline. About a tree? About a tree. I was just trying, I was just trying to think. I don't remember any, but I, I just, haven't listened to all of them. No, I haven't either, but I'm just trying to think in my head. Ooh, a tree grows in Brooklyn. Oh, very good. I have that. Very good. Do you want that one? And... Sure, if you can find it. I, was that like a Lux? It was a Ford Theater. Okay. Ford Theater, and uh, it was originally a movie where Peggy Ann Garner won her Oscar, and then they did it on the Ford Radio the, the Ford Theater Hour radio show. Yes, I saw that movie a long time ago. Oh, uh, yeah. It was sad, if I remember it right. It was sad. It was extremely sad. People who love sad stories love the story. I don't like sad stories. It's probably Walden's favorite then. Well, I like Petty Ann Garner, but I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sentimental, emotional sort, so it sort of puts me out of kilter for the day. By the way, do you happen to know the poem about the trees? Yes. Want to tear down the old tree? No, you're, uh, you're talking about Joyce Kilmer, a poem as lovely as a tree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't happen to know it, do you? I don't, never heard of it. I think I, I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Didn't Longfellow have something about a tree in one of his poems? I think you're thinking of John Greenleaf Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> we can have John Greenleaf Whittier with that 
Would that be of any value to you? I don't know. It might be. It might be to the treat. Uh, would you like something by John Greenleaf Whittier? Ah. Ah, sounded Very like a yes to me. Yeah. Very nice. Why, why did you ask about the poem, The Tree? Oh, I'm just trying to think of anything having to do with trees. Oh, oh, I see. I see. That okay. just popped into my mind. If a tree falls in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, whatever I can find and scare up that has to do with trees, I will I will do that. And I'm, I'm pretty confident I have a tree grows in, in Brooklyn. Which which um, show put that one out, Walden? Ford Radio Theater, the Ford, the Ford show. Ford Theater. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it wasn't a Lux or nope. Nope. One, one of the others, not nope. a Mercury Theater? Nope. It's a bit on the unit. We had to look for it last year because Rosemary Rice wanted to do it in Seattle, and so Brian found it, we found it online, so it's available. Okay, well, <laughs> sure. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the show she did in radio, so we wound up doing it at Reps last year. Okay, I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. So you are doing well, sir? What's what going on up there in tree land? Were you, were you talking to the tree or talking to me? Oh, uh, you're a sir. The tree is a tree. You're a sir. Okay. Uh, yes, I am doing well, except for I'm a little uncomfortable sitting up here on this broken ranch. I think you but, probably are. Well, I didn't, By the way, how warm is it right now in the middle of the black up in the tree? Well, you're um... Not, you're not freezing your buns off up there, are you? Uh, no, but my toes are a little chilly. It's oh. a nice, cool evening. Um, all the lightning bugs are out, or the fireflies, if that's what you want to call them, or they're one of the only insects that are all lit up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, crickets, there's crickets out, and I think I heard a few frogs. So you're having a warm nice cool evening, and the stars are out. Wow. And I have, I can't see the moon here, so I'm not sure if that's out or not. So you're near a lake? Uh, no, just a pond, pond in the backyard. How big, how big the pond? Does it have guffies in it or something? Oh, uh, no, it does. It frogs. It has turtles and frogs. Uh, and lots of water. It's, well, for around here, it's about an average-sized pond. Okay. Which tells you nothing. Which tells um, you nothing. What is an average? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. If I, um, it's about, I'm terrible at estimating, but maybe 30 or 40 feet in diameter. Okay. Probably closer to 30, I think. It's actually more triangular shaped. Well, that's a pretty big puddle. Water. Say what? That's a pretty big puddle. That will that will keep fish and, and ducks and frogs happy. Do you have ducks that stop by? Um, on occasion I have seen wild ducks and an occasional wild... I'm not sure whether it was a heron or a crane because once I see it, it flies away. Well, now, do they, do they come with a pass? I mean, this is private property. How do they get sneak over? Uh, yeah, uh, the ducks, They first they fly over the house. Uh -huh. well, actually, they fly in front of the window, oh. and in their one of their webbed feet, they're holding the little yellow piece of paper, Okay. which is their past it. Okay. Um, it's only for a year. Um, when they call, come back in the fall going south, mm -hmm. they have to drop in to get an updated pass for the following year, which is only uh, three eggs, which they don't like to pay so much because they only lay eggs in the springtime, and so that they have to keep them 
and then carry them with them, which is rather hard to do, but they manage. <laughs> Who carries the directions? Um, that would be the wife. Um, you know you know how the, the male duck switches the drakes. Careful. That's directions, so... Um. Careful. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Want to try again? Say what? <laughs> That's my line. That's my line. Okay, now we have a theme tonight. So before you go, I want I want to know um, your your thoughts about the theme. The theme tonight is board games and card games. What kind of board games and card games did you play when you were little? Uh, Monopoly, Monopoly. Um, let's see. Monopoly is one. Oh, a little bit of Scrabble. Okay. Uh, Bible challenge. Mm -hmm. um, play, played Uno, Pitch, Go Fish, all the card games. Kings in the Corner, lots of Solitaire, several versions. Uh, play a lot of Pitch with family when we get family get-togethers. Um, stuff like that there, stuff. Yeah. Like that there? I don't know Pitch. Pitch is definitely a Midwest game. My, my family grew up playing Pitch, too. What is Pitch? Uh, a card game. Um, you, you you have four people, or actually you can have more than four people. You deal out either six or nine cards, depending on how many people uh, they bid on it by how many points they think they can win. And then the winning bid uh, it's the deck of cards after people have uh, thrown away the cards that they're not going to use. And then they start playing, and uh, hopefully the uh, bidder will get as many points as they can without before they run out of cards, basically. Can you play for pennies and nickels? I suppose you could, but I never do. You never do? We never do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, somebody uh, in the chat room the other night was going to take me behind the mall to pitch pennies, and I just wondered if this was part of the package here. Um, not that I know of. I suppose some people would do that, but uh, we don't. But you don't. Okay. Well, you're you're an honorable person. This is good. Are you good at Scrabble? Uh, not really. I don't. I haven't played it much. You know, I was surprised. Really, Scrabble's not that old of a game. It was invented after World War II. I was surprised. Yeah, was that like 1948? Something. So, uh huh. Something like that. Is that right? Yeah. You would think it'd been a game a lot older than 1948. Yeah. Well, I have information on Monopoly that I'll go in 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 a minute. Um, my cell phone battery is beeping at me, so it might go dead any moment. Okay. Okay. And just just in case it does, I I'll just say that uh, I better leave. Oh. Um... <laughs> I might wait. A, I might just wait until this battery is on its, its very dis last. Uh, disappears. Thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm going out on a limb here, you know. <laughs> and, oh, and you know, it, it, at least you're not barking. This is good. <laughs> well, I could do that too. Yes, I guess you could. Well, Chad, I am just so delighted. Nobody has ever called us from a tree before. I, I just think you deserve a not that you know of loan. Uh, yeah, not that you know of. Um, next, week, was, next week, when you swim in a when you swim in a pond, it's gonna be very interesting to keep your cell phone dry. Uh, yeah, it will. I know. I did, I did have one other thing to talk about trees. You know how to tell how old they are, don't you? Oh, yeah. With the rings in a tree. Yeah, what you do is you count the rings, and then you multiply by two, and that number turns out to be exactly twice the age of the tree. 
now, this works for most trees, uh, except for a few examples. Uh, one, for instance, is a dead tree. This does not work on dead trees because uh, when you do that, uh, you don't know how long the tree's been dead. And also, this does not work on live trees because uh, once you cut it down, the rings um, can't find out how long the tree's been living because the tree's no longer living. So uh, that's, why, that's probably why this method is not used very much. It's rarely used. So just a little tidbit of information you probably didn't want to know. We have a swan song next to the pond. Okay. This is good. Well, Chad, thank you so much for calling. This really was a lot of fun. Okay. And uh, now, how, how far are you going to have to go climb down to get to the ground? Uh, about... Eight or ten feet. Oh, you be careful. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, it's a little easier getting up, but I think I should be able to get down pretty easily. You're you going to swing from the limb to drop under the ground? Yeah, I'll play Tarzan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you doing it now? No, no, not yet. Okay. Okay. I might, lose my, I might lose my signal. I mean, when you consider that I'm talking to somebody who's in... California, yep. and the signal is going through all the phone lines in yep. California, and connected to somebody in Florida, yep. and then it goes all the way to Texas, yep. and then it goes up to to the some satellite or whatever, satellite or whatever, and then with all this amazing technology, I'm stuck up in a tree trying to get a good cell phone. <laughs> You're sitting in a tree in order to get connected. You are a hoot. Well, you be careful getting down out of that thing, okay? Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll, I will. Send Patricia an email that way. At least we know you made it safe. Yeah. Okay, I, I will. Um, that. Oh, you, would, would you like to say goodbye? Okay, that was the tree thing. Bye. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, bye. Bye, Chad. Bye-bye, Chad. <laughs> bye. Bye. What a hoot. For anyone who is listening and scratching your head in a tree. Chad explained to me in the chat room the other night that he lives in uh, an area that cannot connect to the cell tower unless he's elevated. And he was serious. He was in a tree. <laughs> Who are we talking with? Hello there. You're on the air. Hi. Hello there. Is anybody Was that home? the tree? Did the tree call back? I, I guess... Okay. But nobody wants to talk to us. I guess not. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. We take calls from... Tonight is board games and card games. What did you play when you were kids? We take calls from trees, animals, raccoons, snakes, gophers, but mainly humans. And stuff like that. Then. That's right. Okay. We're talking about Walden's birthday. You are two minutes away from being in the mountain zone birthday. Is that true? Uh-huh. Just two minutes away. It's a happy birthday for Walden on Sunday. It is also hot air balloon day. Yeah. And we're going through your characteristics about finding good in the world. You have a high energy level and never seem to sit still. Is well, that... I lay down. Yeah, well, can we... Can we re I take a nap. High energy level. I take a nap. Can we review the high energy level? <laughs> I think we have a high energy level here. Okay. Good health displays high strong nature. I don't think so. You're not. No, no that's not me. Nah. Not me. They, yep. sl they suffer from sleep disorders. I don't think so. No. Find it impossible to relax. I don't think no. so. No. Somebody didn't check with you on that. No, no. That's not me. 
Um, let's see. Very excited about life. That's you. Yeah, I love, I love life, yeah. Want to experience everything. Yeah. I want to experience the good stuff. Not, yeah, not. this is good. Yeah. Hello there, you're on air. Uh, this is Peter. This is Nolan Kidder. Nolan, how are you? We've missed you. Don't give a Pepsi with a large pizza. <laughs> I hope so. You can, I love pineapple and pepperoni. You think we, we can get that? Oh, that, that's for your birthday. We'll put candles on that. I know. Well, that's a California thing. Sounds more like a, a cake than pizza. I know. I know. What do you order, by the way? You, you guys have pizza down there in Florida? Of course oh, yeah. we have pizza in <laughs> Well, I mean, one time I was in Florida, I had to go past this Yahoo Junction, whatever that was, you know? You know, that was a joke. We don't have Yahoo Junction here. That was a joke. You sure? Yeah, it crossed my little heart. Okay. Well, uh, Nolan, we don't have Yahoo Junction here, do we? I don't think so. Never heard of it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Up in California, they have this slosh and cutoff. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that could... Honey Carson always talked about that one. That kind of stuff. So how have you been? Very well, thank you. I'm sorry I haven't written lately. Well, it's okay, as long as we know you're all right. What happened? You ran out You ran out of ink over there? Is that what happened? Well, one of your... When did you have that weekend where you were not off? Um... Well... Let's, let's see here. Well, I'll have to look at your calendar. Probably the first weekend in May, I think. That's come and gone, so I'm not responsible for that one. Yeah, and then, um, and then I'll be gone here the last weekend in June. I, I'm in banning Patricia for a whole week while I'm off producing a convention right. in Seattle. So you and Frank Brzee are going out and selling more of those shows? Yeah, right? we're going to try, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So i got to go out and earn my keep. Your first day was Mother's Day. There you go. Rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh, that's right. I that's right. I, I think I might have been late. Um, I was late. The night, the spaghetti dinner was the night before Mother's Day, May the 7th. Um, yep. Uh, and I keep track of these things. You didn't call on Mother's Day. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, okay. We we figured you were busy being a good person. Mm -hmm. I uh, had computer problems. I had... Really? Uh, one weekend like that. I couldn't hear you, and I didn't... I hate to call when I don't know what the topic is. You sound so silly, you know. Well, you're the, you're the, you're the topic of du jour, though, and you could have get called. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> so. I mean, I just found out our topic for tonight was board games and uh, cards about ten minutes ago. We've been on the hour for three and a half hours. I didn't know. Okay. Board games and what? Cars? Uh -huh. Board games and card games. Did you play board games when you were a kid, like Monopoly or Scrabble or even chess and checkers? Uh, sure, play Pass Out. <laughs> no, that's not a board game, is it? Yes, I sure do. It is. That's Frank's game. That's a board game. Yeah, but it's Frank's game, and now you're going to have to tell people what it is. Well, it's a game where you, you roll the dice and you move around the board and... <laughs> have to say tongue twisters, and then you have to take a drink of your favorite beverage. Yep. And uh, it gets does it work? Does it work with soda pop? That's what? Does it work with soda pop? Uh, it's not as fun. I mean, it's not as silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you, you just get tired. After the first couple of rounds, you don't need tongue twisters anymore. That's right. Yeah. Well, better keep score. Mm -hmm. I think I told you about the time we... Frank sent us about five or six of those games over in Germany. And we uh, 
took one to a local pub, and four of us were playing the game, and it drew a crowd. You know, they did not know what we were doing, <laughs> why, how it worked, and uh, they were guessing, you know, and pointing. And we, we, we had a lot of fun with that. That must have been fun. That was fun, People yeah. People were watching you. Did, did they, they, were, they spoke German? Yeah, they were Germans. They were dead, but they didn't speak English. So what you were? Oh, yeah, doing correct. Yeah, that, they, a little bit, but yeah, they they thought it was amazing. So what you were doing didn't make a whole lot of sense to them, except that they were <laughs> drinking a lot. Right. <laughs> exactly. But I, as a, Monopoly was my favorite uh, board game as a kid. Well, and I have, I just happened to have a little trivia question about Monopoly, since it was your favorite. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. How many properties can be built on in a Monopoly board? How many properties? Well, let's see. You obviously have to own the properties. Yeah. So, I mean, like you can't build on a railroad or a utility. How many properties are there that you can build on? Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Um, is Baltic Avenue and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't add them up. Take a shot. Uh, I don't know. How many? Take a shot. Um, I would say 12. 22. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I didn't think there were that many spaces left, but uh, apparently there are. So each each side has a railroad in the center. Uh. And like a community chest or um, a utility. So that would leave, they had 22. There's a community chest, and what is the other one? Waterworks, utilities. Yeah. Um, well, when, you, when you pick a card, you've got community chest, and what is the other stack of cards? Well, you, you, the community chest, and you um, uh, well, you don't pass your uh, parking. You know, free parking. In jail. Go. Free, and you pass go, and you collect yeah. $100. But there are two stacks of cards. And one set of cards, and uh, you get sent to the community. I think it's, uh, it's I think it's banking. You can have banking thing, like you know. Uh, Is this a bank? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember because you know sometimes you gotta pay. You pick up the card, pay every everybody fifteen dollars. Right, but the stack of cards. What's uh -huh. the stack of cards? Hmm. Um. You know when oh, when you go around the board, it'll say take a card from. Yeah. And I think there are two stacks of cards. And then it tells you what to do. Sometimes you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. You have to go to jail. Do not pass go. Do right. not collect $200. Right. Or go directly to go and collect your $200. Right. I think there are two stacks. Well, I was thinking my hair was 20 because I always think of every little have we three, a, a three-spot, a three-property combination and sometimes a two. On each side of the board, so right. five times four is twenty. So I was thinking twenty, but some of them would have been three rather than two. Well, I don't um, know. It says twenty-two. But yeah. that makes sense. Community chess. Community chess. You know, my Monopoly board is out in the garage. I can't get it to go look. <laughs> I I can't help you with this. I think you could. I probably have a Monopoly set on on the line. I bet. Well, all right. Well, here's here's the second Monopoly trivia question. Are you ready for this, Nolan? I'm, I'm all set. Since this was your favorite game? 
There's a, there's a little man in uh, a high hat, you know, a, a silk high hat mm -hmm. and like a little tuxedo jacket as the logo of the game. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Sure do, yeah. Okay, what's his name? Oh. Hmm. Don't know. Walden, you want to take a shot? I don't even know who that is. It's a little man that's the logo. It, it, he looks like a... Oh, okay, on the board? Uh-huh, like, like a rich millionaire. Uh-huh. And, and there's the top hat as a token that you can move yeah. around, I believe. Yeah, I remember the token being that you have a poodle and a, and a, and a shoe and a car and a, a hot top hat. Okay, well, the, the little man has a name. Sam? Uncle Sam? No! Well, uh. Nolan, you're going to go... Oh, no. Okay. His name is Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> I would just say Mr. Magoo, but that wouldn't have been very close. No, Mr. Monopoly. Oh, three, three questions. Mr. Monopoly is the name of the man. George Parker issued a memo in 1936 that was to halt the production of the Monopoly game. He withdrew the instruction, and the rest is history, whatever the heck that means. Anyway. Well, put out by the Parker Brothers. I think it was really with the manufacturer in 34. Okay, so it must have been the, the Parker. Uh-huh. George Parker, who was the one who, who said, okay. Yeah. All right, here we are. In, in terms of production, we have, to date, 5,120,000,000 little greenhouses have been built. Well, at least there's no housing shortage. Well, I want to know how somebody knows that. You know? Well, I guess somebody went to everybody's board game in Canada. Or they stamped out. Yeah, or they figured out how many how many games were manufactured and how many right. little houses are in there. Okay, the longest Monopoly game. That was in my house. <laughs> <laughs> we made, we made one game last all summer one time. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, we can't. We, the, the thing that does it is you, you you let the bank loan you money. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps it going, and you're getting tremendously in debt. It's a lot like real life. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Well, you know, this is really interesting because they're telling me the longest Monopoly game was 70 straight days. Well, they, they played by the rules. Yeah. We vary, vary a little bit by borrowing money from the bank. Oh, I see. Okay, well, it says 1,680 hours, which is 70 oh. days. I didn't calculate it, but that's what they said it is. Mm -hmm. so we, we didn't play all that. We'd meet, you know, after lunch or something, play for an hour, and then go back out. That's funny. Oh, yeah. We, we would do that, too. Well, then, there's a Braille edition. Did uh, you know that? I have it. 1970s, a, a Braille edition came out. Yep. How does, does, it, does it have the same... Uh, yes. And, and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's really nice. It doesn't fold. It's all one unit. Huh? And everything is bossed up. So it's a nice that, you know, if you put your token, it doesn't slide anywhere. So you know how it's a standard monopoly, you know, it's flat completely. Right. These would have raised squares, different sizes, and the cards. And, huh? and the cards on one side is print, and the other side is braille. And, oh, cool. Yeah, and the money's braille. It, it, I've had one since the uh, mid-70s, and then I'm on a second one. Okay, you know, so oh. get one out of age. Okay, now when I play Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> obviously it hasn't been for quite a while, because yeah. I don't know the answers here. <laughs> but 
the properties are laid out in colors, like Baltic uh, uh-huh. and something else, Mediterranean, right. is uh, they're purple. Right. And Vintner and a couple of others are yellow. Yeah. Boardwalk is blue. Boardwalk and Park Avenue. Boy, I'm doing really well You're here. You're doing good. Yeah. Do you get called? Do, do you have any clues with the Braille? I have to wear my cutter glasses in order to tell the, the cutter size of the cards. You're going to go to your room. <laughs> I'm already in there. Are you going to go to your brother's room? <laughs> um, are you told no, the, the characters? On the card itself, it'll, it'll say at the far left-hand side if it's orange or red or whatever. It will. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know what the colors are there. Mm-hmm. This is this is really cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The three most landed on properties. This is good. I hope free parking is one of them. It isn't. Nolan? The three most popular, or the three most landed on, so they're not popular, then the most landed on. Boardwalk is not one of them. Thank you, because the rents are very high there. They're very high? Very near there? Oh, I don't know, but the rents are very high on Boardwalk and Park Avenue. Oh, yeah, that's that's the ideal property. Yeah, that's the big one. Um, I would say uh, Mediterranean and... Baltic and uh, get out of jail free. <laughs> now you said properties. Yeah. Properties. So what? The, I can't the, remember the um, names. No, uh, the, uh, on the board, which which squares? It doesn't have to necessarily be a property. It can be a, a utility too. Um, but any of the squares, out of all of the squares on the board, which are the three that people most frequently land on? Probably the railroad should be one. Well, there are four railroads. Right, so that makes it helpful. Well, no, I mean, I'm looking for three... Pre- oh, okay. I'm sorry, we're really narrowing this down, Walden. <laughs> no fudging on this one. Can you make this a radio question somehow? Sure. I could give you the answer and take you out of your misery. Please. Okay, it's Illinois... I can't tell you how and why this happens, but it's Illinois Avenue... Go, which is where you collect your two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and the B and O Railroad. Oh. Huh. How in the world did they figure that one out? What does B and O stand for? Baltimore something. Something you need a deodorant for. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. Baltimore and oh. Ohio Railroad. Yeah. Baltimore, Ohio. In 1978. Now, that's one I threw in there. I knew that one. So if the answer is wrong, it's my fault. It's not mm-hmm. where, where I got this information. 1978, Neiman Marcus Christmas Catalog put out a chocolate version of Monopoly. Is that cool or what? So you eat it as you go? You ate it. I mean, how could you? Would you? I'm not going to let you play with my chocolate. I know. I'm going to eat it. I know. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Not to buy well, if it's white chocolate, you might pass on it, though, Patricia. Yeah, well, I'd let you play on the white chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And let me see. Um, the character locked behind the bars is called Jake the Jailbird. No kidding. Officer Edgar Mallory sent him to jail. Hmm. Isn't this fun stuff? Mm-hmm. It was, it was um, a depression game. 34, yeah. During the depression. So, well, that's fun. That's Monopoly. Yep. I think every family plays it from a certain generation forever, you know, and just passed down from family to family. I don't know if today's um, family played much more games. I know 
Frank had to redesign his board game to make them smaller because the stores are requiring things to be smaller packages. So you have to, ah less uh, shelf space. Yeah, and so they have to design the board to fold more more often. Uh huh. Instead of you know traditionally a board game would fold twice, the two halves. Now you know some of them are folding into four pieces. Into quarters. Yeah. How interesting. So Frank, for example, had to redesign his board game a couple of years ago get to uh-huh. fit the current trend of board games. Yeah. Nolan, did your kids play Monopoly? Do what, my kids? Did your kids play Monopoly? No. You know, I don't think they would be interested in any kind of game unless it lit up or fired a rocket. <laughs> Last week I quoted Irma Bombeck, who said her kids wouldn't eat anything that didn't dance on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in, you're in the right market there. But yeah. So the answer is no, they didn't play? No, uh, I can't. Not Monopoly. Uh, they might have had. Uh, the, the, Christie might have had a, that. There was uh, oh, a game for girls. Uh, Candyland. Oh, oh, date. Uh, mystery date. Oh, I never heard of that one. Yeah. See, and I even went out and found the names of these things. I didn't. I didn't come across that one. That may, may not be the exact name, but the uh, idea was that there was a. Uh, a real geek, and, the, and then the, the cool guy, and you tried to get to date with the cool guy, of course. Yeah. You didn't know until you opened the door. Uh-huh. I wonder with the average family how many board games they have in our house. I know my mom took an inventory. We got 34 of them here. You had <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. 34? Yeah. We're, we, we are a big uh, game family, and it pretty much we can count on every Christmas somebody ever giving us a board game. Well, then I didn't know 34 board games existed. I know. But board games and just get you know different games, card games, board games, anything that you do with the board, yeah. Okay, name the five most the five games that people would probably recognize. Uh, Clue. Okay. Pe- people love Clue. People love Trivial Pursuit. Ah, I forgot about that. Yeah, of course, Scrabble and Monopoly. Uh huh. That's four. And there's a game we like called Times. Which is great for Walden because it's based upon decades. You gotta figure out different types of questions per decade. So the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s, and 70s, 80s, up to that. Um, so that's another board game. Of course, you know the old uh, the one uh, I'm trying to think of the, the card game that comes in four different types of cards that w- with the layout. Canasta. Can, no, not Canasta. Canasta. It, it's the one with the um. Oh, it's a great-looking design of a board, but you you can play poker, you can play all the different types of board games. I mean, card game based upon... I'm trying to think of the name of the game. How about Chinese Checkers? I know that's not... Yeah, yeah, Chinese Checkers, about, yeah. That's another one. That's another board game. Checkers? Yeah. yeah. Called Chess. And Chess? Yeah. Do you play Chess, Nolan? No, I, I don't. We can teach Checkers a little bit. We can teach you. Yeah. You have a dollar? <laughs> oh, Walden, what did you do to me tonight? They were chatting a tree, I think. Gee whiz, I know, I'm gonna, it's gonna take a while. Uh-huh. Did you, Nolan, did you realize Chad really was calling us from a tree? No, I didn't. He did, he really did. That's, that's where he gets the best sale. Yep. Uh, service. Like, yep. Exactly, he, he, his house is not high enough to pick up the cell signal. Oh. Or be able to uh, transmit to the tower. So he yeah. climbed a tree until he could get a signal. He's in Nebraska? In yep. Nebraska. 
I guess it's really hilly in the Midwest, huh? I guess either that or they just gave him one tower. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. Or it's it's very far away. It's on the other the other side of the arc. <laughs> you know, my son works for AT and T, and he was telling me in some tower sites they paint the uh, pole white and they fly a flag from the top of it, and nobody knows that it's an antenna. Are you serious? Oh, hello, did, did I put you to sleep? No, I'm trying to, I, I, are you serious? Yes, yes, they require this uh, large uh, pipe-shaped pole that goes uh, maybe 75 feet in the air. Uh-huh. Even more, maybe. And they put a flag on it and uh, painted it attractively, and it looks very good. But it doesn't have anything, you know, like you think of antennas sticking out on the top of the towers. Right. And uh, How interesting. There, there's none of that. All the workings are inside this aluminum tower. Yeah. Well, 75 feet, uh, did they have to paint orange stripes on it for 75 feet? Uh, you mean for aircraft purposes? Yes. No, I don't think so. I didn't ask that question very well. Thank you for understanding it. How interesting. Well, did did you bring any bloopers or anything for us to listen to tonight? No, I, this is my this is the twins' birthday. Oh and my goodness! Happy birthday, Grandpa! Yeah, we're over in uh, in Orlando, and I'm uh, in the guest room with a uh, cell phone, uh -huh. a laptop, and a laptop. Oh gee. The biggest problem I had, I was couldn't turn down the laptop. I, I was going to get feedback here with you. Yeah. I mean, just just shut it up. <laughs> I have to dial it back up to listen to the rest of the show. Oh wow! But, um, so how uh, old are the twins? I told you I was a grandfather with three grandchildren within two years. Oh my! Oh my! Now the twins are a year old now. Two years. Two. Yeah, two years of old age. I I swore a long time ago that I was going to stop asking people how old children are because they're always a lot older than they're supposed to be, which means I've aged that number of years as well. Well, of course, there was a nine-month period for the twins and then another nine-month for Camden, and they're all boys, and uh, of course, they're beautiful and very smart. You're going to be wonderful. Got, all the things that grandfathers say. They've got you for a granddaddy. Why wouldn't they be wonderful? <laughs> well, and they've already got their Disney passes. <laughs> Do they really? And their ears. And oh, yeah. The, okay. the other grandparents did surprise them with that. I think it was really nice. Uh -huh. There's a cute, cute picture of them going shot from behind, and they've got the uh, mouse hats on, and their names are stitched on the back. And they're in a little pram going somewhere. Uh -huh. you know what they're, and they've already picked out their favorite rides, and they're only two years old. Oh, my. One is the shuttle to the parking lot, and the other one is the, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, that goes around to the hotels and, oh. and the monorail, monorail. And neither one of them cost anything. Way to go. That <laughs> was, was a great start. Oh, I'm telling you, it's better than the cows. It's like the, you give them packages and they prefer to play with the paper in the boxes and they did the toy that was inside. Of course, of course. So if you spent more than $4, you were silly, right? That's right. Yeah. $10 on the wrapping, but only $2 on the contents. Right, yeah. You're so what smart. A lot of that. You are so smart. Well, do you think you can answer a real question for me now that I've I've blown you with the Monopoly questions? We're we going back on broadcasting now? 
Okay, I'll try. All right. Now, I've been asking this one, and nobody's been able to bail us out on it. Um, maybe I didn't ask this one. Let me think. In Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Uh-oh. Elliot Lewis played the captain of the vessel. What was the captain's name? Um, Long John Silver. <laughs> now, see, I know you're pulling my leg there. Captain Craig. No. I don't know. I, I think I told you once before that was not one of my favorite shows. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, let's see. I can't give you the Smiley Burnett one because you gave me that information. <laughs> uh, you want me to ask you the Smiley Burnett one? Did you get it out of the book on the from the website? No, I got it from you. Oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I bet I can answer it then. <laughs> All right. My question, the way I wrote it, now you tell me if I wrote it correctly. Smiley Burnett was Gene Autry's sidekick, and he was also the engineer on Petticoat Junction, and he was in a host of westerns. What was his horse's name? Ring Eye. There you go. Now, you know what? I did go to the Internet and, and dug around on all of these places. That horse went through a series of names before it got to Ring Eye. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I, I just knew that he was the only horse that had to go to hair and makeup before they filmed. I know. That just cracked me up. They had to, they had to draw the circle on the horse's eye. Yeah. According to what I was able to dig up, it started out, and I can understand why they changed it, it started out as Black Ring-Eyed Nelly, then, okay. then it went to Ring-Eyed Nelly, and then it just went to Ring-Eye. Well, then obviously Black Ring-Eye had a white ring. Well, maybe it was Black Ring. They were talking about a black ring. On a black horse? No, a black ring on a white horse. Okay, now I knew, I knew the, the last ring I was, but I thought in the beginning there you said that one of the horses was black. Well, it said black ring-eyed Nelly, so I don't know if it's black ring. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Or black ring-eyed Nelly. It was an uh, offspring of ring-eye. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Black ring-eyed Nelly, and then it became ring-eyed Nelly, and then just ring-eye. Well, he was in all of the westerns at one time or another. He was with Roy Rogers. He was with the Durango Kid and, and Gene Autry and any number of them. He was very versatile and I didn't know he had that many. Wow. He wore, he wore the same plaid shirt through all of the movies. And I, and I heard that he liked the material and he found a, a bolt of it. And he bought it as much as he could. And he'd have those shirts tailor-made. Goodness, it was and more than one. They're... they're is sort of his trademark. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Thank goodness it was more than one. He wasn't wearing the same shirt in every show. Oh, I know. Yuck. Oh. You know that, but that that does happen. Uh, not the same shirt, but I was talking to, to Noel Neal once. You, you know who she is? Uh huh. Uh, Lois Lane. Yes, on the on the Superman. She she said the reason they did that is because they shot completely out of sequence. Not only out of sequence, but out of shot. They would do, for example, they would do all of the scenes. You know, for the whole season in Clark Kent's office. Every time they were in Clark's office, they they did that scene, and huh. then they would have those and set those aside when they needed, till needed. And of course, they had to wear the same tie and jacket and, and in her case hat and gloves and all the stuff that goes with that and purse. 
she said it got so boring. <laughs> she had several versions of it, but uh, or several sets of it. Yeah. And had to wear the same thing each time. Oh, man. But I thought it was interesting that they would set up lights and everything. It makes sense. Set up the lights and everything in one, uh, and, and all the scenes that were going to be in that office for the whole season were filmed at, at one time or until they were completed. Wow. Well, they, I, I, 